0: you. Mm-hmm. to Continuing Conversations, a podcast about Star Trek Adventures, the role-playing game. The purpose of this podcast is to talk about all things Star Trek Adventures. This includes announcing latest releases, highlighting professionals and fans associated with the game, explaining game rules and mechanics, exploring how to be a better GM or player, discussing the wider Star Trek-verse in relation to Star Trek Adventures, and answering your questions about the best RPG game ever. I'm Michael Dismuke, freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures, contributor to Continuing Missions, the number one fan site for the Star Trek Adventures game on the web, and your average geek. And we also have with us the incomparably amazing and generous Jim Johnson, writer, gamer, Star Trek Adventures project manager, popcorn lover, daddy, cat minion, and according to the last podcast, Thespian. What was that about? <laughs> How you doing, Jim? I'm doing all right, Michael.
1: Thanks for having me on again.
0: Good. Let's jump right into it. For people who watched the very first episode or listened to the very first episode, um, we did an overview of the latest releases to come out of Modiphius in the Star Trek Adventures line. That's the Game Master's Guide right behind me over oops, this way. Got to remember it's mirrored. And the Player's Guide over here. And again, Jim, uh, how would you sum up the purpose of these two books?
1: Uh, the purpose of these two books is twofold. Number one, to get new players and new game masters into the game. And number two, to give existing players and game masters more stuff to play with. So whether it's more game options, more rules, more options, just more stuff to play with and add to your um, Star Trek Adventures game experience.
0: Cool. Now what we're going to be doing episode by episode on this podcast is helping point you in the right direction of each chapter to know how to get the most out of playing this. We're not going to read it verbatim. That would be boring, but we will be showing you um, and our experience on how to best utilize these books and kind of know your way around. Some of us, you know, are not the type to pick up a book and read it just directly. Some of us want to drive in the car and Get a gist of it and then know where to go to look for it. So we're doing this, uh, optional blended learning option for you to get the most out of the Star Trek Adventures Game Master's Guide and Player's Guide. Yep. Um, we're going, one thing that I noticed, Jim, tell me about it. I noticed that both in the Game Master's Guide and in the Player's Guide, the first three chapters are kind of similar. What's that about?
1: Yeah. So, um, knowing that we wanted to target these primarily at new players and new Game Masters, you know, people who are like, I think I could run this game but I don't really know enough about Star Trek to want to do it. So I knew that there were two audiences for this, for this book. Right. And so that's why we specifically did a player's guide and a game master's guide. And the more I thought about, about it, when I was developing the outlines, I was like, well, we should really set a baseline for everybody and say, here's what we think Star Trek is. And here's what we think Star Trek adventures is just to give everybody kind of like a launching off point. So that's the first chapter. And then chapter two is like the Star Trek universe in play. And what we wanted to do there is like give everybody a basic grounding in the setting, like right? How does technology work? How does the culture work? How does society work for the purposes of the setting? So that if you're going to play a character in this setting, you have some sort of sense of what to do. And you don't have to feel like you have to go learn 55 years worth of Star Trek history and lore to get it right. Because we don't want it to be intimidating because I mean, there is a lot of Star Trek. out. There's so much Star Trek out there. Um, and that we didn't want to make anybody feel intimidated by having to learn all that stuff before they can even play the game, right? Uh, so this kind of gives you the basics of like, here's what the Star Trek setting is across the board. Whether, I mean, whatever character you're playing, whether you're playing a human or a Bajoran or a Klingon or whatever, uh, this will give you a baseline for the setting and the technology and stuff. Uh, so that's chapter two for both of them. And then chapter three is, is all about the different eras and styles of play. Now, of course, Star Trek, you know, over 55 years of real time, has has developed this expansive setting that covers over a thousand years of in-setting material. I mean, even more, really, right? They, they go from the yeah. beginning time to thousands and thousands of years in the future. But there's there's like a thousand years worth of functional um, timeline where you could set a game experience in there. Um, so we we try to define, we we break it down into like six broad categories and talk about that. And then there's um, Star Trek, you know, being a science fiction setting. Uh, but also being Star Trek, right? Because it is what it is. It, it's like any genre of story that you want to tell, you can fit into Star Trek somehow, right? Star Trek, you look at all the episodes in the movies. They've done murder mysteries. They've done romance. They've done horror. They've done action adventure. They've, <laughs> they've done war. They've done so much different yeah. genres. So it's like your game group, when you sit down to, to plan your game, like if you want to do a specific type of game, this is just a way for you to figure out like, broadly speaking, what are the, what categories as play styles do you want to play in? And so these three chapters are in both books, but what we did is we specifically rewrote them so that the player's chapters are coming from a player perspective, and the game master chapters are coming from the game master perspective because each of the, the player and the game master are going to be thinking about it in two different ways, right? They're going to be approaching it from different angles. So it's like the players, what can I do in this era or in this play style? And the game masters are going to be thinking, What kind of um, challenges or adversaries can I throw at my players in this era versus this era versus this era? What kind of things do I need to be thinking about, you know, geopolitically in that time frame or whatever, right? So they're not straight cut and pastes or copies of each other. They're very clearly talking about the same material, but from two very different uh, directions. So hopefully, you know, I mean, and don't feel like you need to buy them both, right? Like if you're going to be a player and you're never going to be a game master... Then there's no really, really no need for you to have a game master guide unless you really want it, right? But, yeah. but I try to be careful to tell people you don't need both. You just need the one that you're most likely to use the most often. Uh, yeah. but so that's a, that's a brief overview of the three, the,
0: the first three chapters. Okay, good. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to, pulling from the Game Master's Guide, we're going to go over and simplify it for you. So as you're sitting there driving in your car or using this for ASMR or on an airplane (laughs) waiting in an airport, we're going to be explaining to you the first chapter. um, And the first section of it is what is Star Trek? So we're going to pretend that you're explaining this to your 90-year-old babushka grandma. And she asks, what's Star Trek anyways? You're always on Star Trek. (laughs) We're going to give her the 10 David Letterman style highlights um, to what Star Trek is. So number one, talk to us, uh, Jim, about Star Trek is a science fiction setting. Sum that up for Grandma.
1: Yeah, so this chapter, it tells you, uh, like what we did is we we, we took Star Trek and we tried to break it down into like the top 10. What is Star Trek? And uh, again, you know, emphasize that this is our opinion. Now, of course, CBS approves all of our documents, so they're okay with the content. But don't think this is like the end-all, be-all answer. Like Star Trek means so much to many so many different people. Right. But we 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 tried to narrow it down to ten key points that you can use as a baseline. So um, I don't do this know if David I David
0: Letterman. We'll do it David yeah. Letterman style and get some slides. With Go ahead. Drum roll. <laughs> hit, hit, hit it. Top ten.
1: I, I need a, I need an index card. Uh, so so top 10, 10 facts about Star Trek. Number one star trek is a starry science fiction setting uh, that should be almost a no-brainer even if you're casually familiar with the setting you know it's spaceships stars action planets adventure it's, it's science fiction mm-hmm. um number two star trek presents a hopeful positive and vibrant forecast this is very important to me uh because that that is really the shtick it's like it's science fiction but it's positive it's hopeful it's it, there's so much i mean we could unpack that it should all day build
0: people it should build people yeah. up that's what i Yeah, know.
1: yeah yeah Number three, and, and you know trust me we're going to unpack all these in a future episode but not not this not right now <laughs> right. Uh, mm-hmm. number three start in star trek in star trek as a setting as a franchise everything star trek diversity equality equity and inclusion are paramount
0: yep I, I, I dream of a time when um, school teachers will be using this game to teach those points illustratively. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, ten, uh, fact number four, the
1: characters in Star Trek, by and large, uh, across the board, whatever series you're watching, they build and nurture relationships. It's all about the characters. Yep. And actually, that's number five. <laughs> it blends right into number five. The franchise focuses on character over plot. Uh, It has its share of uh, pew-pew moments and exciting spectacles, but ultimately it's the characters you invite into your home every week that uh, you want to come back
0: to. Which, funny enough, runs along with anyone who's a fan of the show or will become a fan of the show. You in time will find that your favorite episodes didn't have a lot of pew-pew. They actually had deep characterization. It makes you fall in love with the character's flaws and their strengths, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Number six, characters in the franchise, in the setting, they live, uh, most of them anyway, live in a united federation of planets so this is a uh, it's like the uh, united nations on a on a galactic scale right it's it's,
0: and a uh, far more successful scale
1: (laughs) amen it's a it's hundreds of different cultures working together for the betterment of all it's a very very positive in scope so
0: uh, but you do have the option don't want to close it off to that you do have the option which we'll talk about in a later episode of creating characters that know nothing about the federation
1: absolutely absolutely Uh, Number seven, Starfleet characters blaze the trail by and large the characters that you see on the TV shows and the movies. They are not sitting around waiting for something to happen. They are out boldly going doing things. So this is this is where the action adventure kind of element can 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 play into it where like if you are playing a character in a game, you're not just gonna be sitting at your desk at your computer waiting for something to happen. You are out there actively exploring doing something. Uh, so that is a that is a key factor here. That's that's part of what brings the adventures
0: into Star Trek Adventures. Yeah, I love that. I do want to say, compared to other games, you're the best of the best coming into the game. Yeah, you're not starting at the bottom. Generally, you're coming in as the best of, at what you do. Yeah.
1: A- agreed, agreed. Uh, number eight, Star Trek from the very beginning in the '60s with the first first television with the first episode. Really, Star Trek examines the human condition. What does it mean to be human? What are what are all the pros and cons and joys and challenges of being human? And, uh, and just, you know, being a part of a global community, or in this case, galactic community, like, what does it mean to be human? And there's so many different ways to explore that, that, that Star Trek does that episode by episode.
0: Yeah, I'm going to plug another podcast that I really like that Star Trek based, they do a really good job of showing how each episode has some sort of why does this matter to me? And that's the Delton Flyers. It's done by Garrett Wang and Bobby McNeil Duncan, who played the operations manager and the Helms officer on Star Trek Voyager. They have another uh, podcast called Delton Flyers, where they talk about that human condition every single episode. So if you need uh, some framework about what we're talking about there, check that out.
1: Nice. Uh, See, number nine, uh, Star Trek, um, again, because it's a science fiction setting, it explores the wonders of the universe. So it's certainly one thing to explore the character relationships back and forth. But in addition, there's that whole science element. You're out there in the great unknown exploring the cosmos and all the amazing, wonderful things that are out there and uh, really pushing that STEM and uh, STEAM button. Because like, we know for a fact that thousands and thousands of scientists, astronauts, mathematicians, et cetera, have been inspired by Star Trek over the last five and a half decades. And uh, that, I mean, it's just science has been baked into it from the very beginning, so.
0: Yeah, and um. Star Trek is the original what-if show. I'm gonna say that because they've always been like, what if you met a creature that does this? What if yeah. you were tossed back in time to this time? What if a planet existed with non-humanoid? Li-? It's the ultimate what-if show. So if you're somebody with a lot of imagination as a game master, mm-hmm. this is where you get to play out those ideas. Yep, yeah.
1: yep. Yeah. And uh, finally, the, the, the number 10, key fact about star trek as a whole is uh you know with all that stuff we just said you know the characters have some fun along the way Uh, that's a quote uh, a paraphrase from uh, captain pike in discovery um plenty of episodes you'll see them doing goofy funny stuff there's uh humor certainly has its place in star trek Uh, there's been plenty of really funny episodes that are just fun and goofy for the sake of being fun and goofy because that's what part of what it means to be human is that we can be serious sometimes but then we do some really silly stuff along the way too
0: yeah i think about starfleet they're going to work every day and think about it your job how often you guys goof around it would happen the same way or if you're military there's always the goof in the troop right so so there's some really good humor opportunities here i i talked a little bit about so that was the top 10 list of what is star trek and again that chapter goes into more detail on it so it's worth looking at to round out um, your view, if you're new to the game, to what Star Trek is. I want to let people know, though, if they're like, I don't want to play a Star Trek character. There's an inset box um, in the Game Master's Guide on page four, on page 12 that talks about non-Federation characters and campaigns. What's that about, Jim?
1: Yeah. So at, at this point in the game's life, like we're four years into it, the game the game line itself has gotten pretty mature. And when we brought out the, the Klingon campaign or the Klingon Core Rulebook. We, we knew that that was, like a, that, that, that was a, a way to expand the game line. Now, instead of just playing Starfleet characters on a Starfleet ship, doing the Starfleet thing that we've seen on the original series and next gen and to an extent DS9, this was an opportunity to really expand the scope of the game to be like, okay, we know that there are gamers out there who want to play Klingons, want to play Romulans, want to play Cardassians, whatever, whatever species you want to play and actually do not, not just have a character on a Federation ship, like a Neelix or a, um, or a Kira, like you know, being a non-Federation member involved with the Federation, but actually doing a whole campaign based around a non-Federation species, right? They want to play Klingons. They want to play Cardassians, whatever.
0: And Or, so, or let me interrupt for a second. Yeah. Star Trek Prodigy, which premiered, um, yeah. they have a character who doesn't even know what alien species he is, Dalriel, right? Yeah. So, so I think that bo- inset box on page 12 kind of plays the Star Trek Prodigy because none of them are part of the Federation. And yet, a, a group could pick up the Star Trek Adventures rules and say, "Okay, let's let's play this group of people who know nothing about the Federation." Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, what the, the, the point of this box is is that is to emphasize: look, you can take this, you can take the rules now, and you can do literally any kind of game you want in the Star Trek setting. You don't have to be the Federation. Uh, but what this box also does is it, is it kind of notes that like Star Trek has such a strong ethos. And value system built into it, like with the Federation and the Prime Directive and all this stuff. uh, That that playing characters of a different polity may they may not reflect those same values that the Federation reflects, which is fine, right, for the purposes of the story. But if that's the kind of game you're going to run, just make sure you and your players are on the same page. So that if you're going to play, you know, uh, uh, a really dark game with, uh, you know, commandos and operatives or whatever, you know, just realize that that's not really the core ethos of star trek but it's fine as long as you're all on board you know go do whatever you want with it and have fun Uh, so we're just trying to emphasize that you know you can fit more into the game than just you know straight straight laced uh,
0: federation okay and that is the perfect segue into our next david (laughs) letterman-esque top 10 list and so we talked about what is star trek top 10 now let's give us the top 10 jim on what is star trek adventures yeah okay so start what is star trek adventure so taking all that stuff we
1: just said about star trek and now applying applying it to the game this is like how do you apply all that stuff about star trek and actually apply it to the game that you're going to play with your friends and create these game experiences number one this game is all about your ship your crew and your adventures right you don't have to play kirk you don't have to play spock you don't have to play any of the characters that we've seen on the show you can create your own character on your own ship and go off and do your own things while all those other characters are doing their things on their TV shows you're creating your own TV show yeah. doing your thing and, and
0: that's it
1: should be empowering hopefully for,
0: for I know that. someone's out there thinking I don't have a ship I don't have a crew and I don't have an adventure don't worry we're going to have a whole session about session zero and yeah. that's where you create- <laughs> Which which, for a lot of people are the most is the most gratifying session they ever have with their players is just creating their little world. Mm-hmm. Point number two, what's the next point, Jim?
1: Uh, number two, the rules in the game, like the core rule book, the rules support everything Star Trek. like from like we were talking about that timeline from the beginning to the end, that thousand years plus of timeline possibilities. The rules themselves don't change. You don't have to wait for a Voyager core rule book or a DS9 core rule book or a Discovery core rule book. There's one core rule book. I mean, there's three versions of the course. There's one version of the core rules pretty much. And you, that's, that'll cover everything. So you don't have to wait for a, a themed rule set to, to play the game. Just grab the core rules that you're happy with and go play whatever era you want to play
0: in. I thought that was very kind in the game design. You know, somebody may say, I want to play Voyager, or Delta Quadrant, and you could buy the core role book and just the Delta Quadrant book. Yeah. Or someone could someone says, well, you know, I only want to play Klingon campaigns. You could just buy the Klingon campaign and adjust yeah. the modules for that. And there's a lot of free modules to mission briefs out there. So I thought that was really cool that we take into account, you know, some people want to buy everything. Some people may have a limited budget, so um, it works for everybody. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Number three.
1: Uh, number three, related to the rules. The rules can be used as light or as complex as needed. Like, there are groups out there that are really, really granular and want the nitty-gritty and want the heavy-duty crunch to their mechanics. And then there's groups that are like, we just want to be role-playing. We just we, we just want to, you know, don't let the rules bother us. We're just going to sit down and have a, you know a, an audio drama every week where we're just riffing back and forth. It's fine. Like, anything on either of those spectrums or somewhere in between, you can use the rule set as much or as little as you want to. I think Nathan Dowdell did a great job developing this game, and there's just so many options and subsystems of rules built into it that you can use almost all la card. Like you know, pick and choose what you want to use. Get the basics figured out, and then just expand from there. So, um, what's you know, the
0: least amount of rules you've ever done in a gaming session?
1: The least amount of roles I've done in the session zero. Like I've had plenty of sessions where we did no rule, no rolls at all. Right? It was just it's just okay. drama back and forth, dr- drama and dialogue.
0: It's the Jim Johnson theater troupe. Remember, you have 15 <laughs> years of acting and directing yes. experience. So yes. that's what came out. That's awesome. So, yeah, again, if you're overwhelmed by rules, don't worry about it. There's a lot of advice out there about how to do games with no roles, and you're creating your own TV show, basically. It's, it's yep. really fun. Number four, Jim.
1: Uh, number four, the the primary way to, uh, to create a character in this game is through a life path. And what that means is you start at step one, early years. And you just progress as you're developing that character through a, through a life path where you, you, you build them mechanically as you go through this life path. And what that does is it helps you kind of like start the storytelling machine going in your head. Like what was happening to this character when they were a child? What happened when they joined the Academy? What happened when they were just starting their career in Starfleet? Like there's little story moments. There's little beats that you can start creating to build a history for your character to make them a little bit more well-rounded. And and the way we do that is through the life path. I, the other game systems have used life paths. I think it's a great way to do it. You don't have to worry about point buy. You don't have to worry about random roles to create your character. You're actually building that character from scratch, from the, from their from their beginning of their life through up to their starting career, uh, or, or their career in Starfleet, or, or whatever polity they're in, whether it's Starfleet or Klingons or something else. Um, and, and that just that helps develop the character, like because you can start telling. You can start making connections with the other characters like when we we go to talk about session zero we'll talk about building characters together at that same session so you can start riffing off of other players and say oh your character was at the academy the same time i was and we both had this experience and now we've got this connection to to make it a little bit easier when we start actually playing the game we have this connection together and Uh, correct
0: me if i'm and correct me if i'm wrong too the game master's guide and the player's guide are the only books that also say during game, how to flesh out your character. Like I think about in the player's guide, we'll be talking about one of the pieces about how to ask questions to other players to get them to make up backstories about themselves. Like, oh yeah, I did smell this. I used to collect flowers on Zernarbi too. And I learned about a poison extract. And so I think these are the first two books, but the other books cover life path creation, but this one covers also how to round out your character in future gameplay, right? Am I right about that? Uh, yeah,
1: I think that I think uh, I think Nathan in the core rule book puts put some of that in there, but we were able to expand it much more fully in the game master guide and the player's guide, um, just because we we had the the space to do it.
0: Cool. All right, so that was number four. Number five.
1: Uh, number five. Uh, this is a, a, a role. There's a role for everyone in the game. So like, no matter what kind of a player you are, like if you tend to be the brick or you tend to be the the, the healer or you have a, just a particular. Um, angle that you like if there's a sweet spot in role-playing games that you like to be there's a way to fit you in here somewhere like there's a role for everybody if you're if you're pre pre inclined to be like the command type of person then there's roles for you there if you're inclined to be more of the support backup kind of guy there's there's
0: things to do there uh one of of the players on my game who's one of our writers aaron he he uh he, he wanted to play a dolphin so now he even has a dolphin science officer. <laughs> There's awesome. something for everyone. Yeah. It's Absolutely. Really
1: cool. I mean, I mean, that, and that's that's baked into Star Trek, right? Is the uh, in, infinite diversity, infinite combinations, anything's possible. So it will find a place for you somewhere. Great number six. Uh, number six, uh, working for the greater good. The common theme here, for especially for Starfleet officers, is that they are all working together toward a better purpose. There is a a, a very hopeful, vibrant. Um, uh you not utopia necessarily but a very optimistic outlook on things and so that is baked into the game as well is that this isn't necessarily you know gloom and doom and darkness and uh cynicism per se which is i know is challenging to get away from in the 21st century but uh, star trek is is always striving for something better for everybody and uh, and that's
0: that's baked right into the game that is the preferred choice of play, I would say, for most yeah. people. But again, you left the rules so loose on this that if people want to play a bunch of assassins, they could in this game system if they wanted to. Sure. But generally, Star Trek's mantra and Star Trek Adventures around the greater good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Number seven. All
1: right. Uh, number seven. Uh, the game really encourages uh, collaborative problem solving. So if you watch the show, you know that the player character or the you know the characters on the show. Um, work together to solve problems, whether they're, you know, all gathered around a computer console trying to figure something out or they're boots on the ground trying to figure out something they're exploring. Uh, they're on an away team or a landing party or something. Uh, but the key is that they work together. There's not really a lot of lone wolf types in Star Trek. Like if you're the type of uh, character or player that likes to go off and do their own thing while everybody else is doing one thing, it's like, it doesn't always work as well in Star Trek because the idea is that you're all working together to to achieve a greater
0: goal. Why? Because they're all paid the same. Nothing, and there's a whole chapter about that. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, very true.
0: Right, number eight.
1: Uh, number eight. The uh, the game presents dramatic events, right? It's a uh, it is a role playing game, and uh, it's Star Trek, so the scope is potentially huge. Uh, drama is key. Uh, it's a television show. It's a movie series. Uh, so drama is why we keep watching, right? We want to see things happen, and the drama doesn't have to necessarily be you know pew pew blow- blowing things up. There can be great intense drama between two characters in a room. and, and this, this game encourages that like you've got social conflict and you've got you know physical you know fighting conflict and uh, I think that's brilliant because it really emphasizes that there's so much more to Star Trek than just um, blowing stuff up.
0: Yeah my, fa- my favorite Star Trek um, enterprise uh, next generation episode. Is something that happens in the span of 20 minutes in Picard's dream state, and it all, the only conflict and drama was surrounding a flute that he inherited from a dead alien race. Mm. It's one of my favorite episodes, and it's just to think, if you if you say that, you're like, well, that sounds pretty boring, but that kind of dramatic event is what you're trying to recreate in your mm. games. Yeah. All
1: right, number nine. Uh, Number nine, the game gives you the opportunity to engage in story-driven gameplay and like the mechanics that are baked right into the game, whether it's um, uh, uh, values, traits, threat, momentum, and uh, determination, like all these mechanics are built to help the players and the game masters facilitate story-driven gameplay. So it's not just so much, uh, you know, just reacting to what happens, but you actually have the ability to shape the scenes that you're in and, and like you can actually manipulate how things are happening. Like players can spend momentum to to learn more information or to, um, you know, remember that they had a a piece of equipment that they needed. Right. They can they can pull pull that out and game masters can make make things more dramatic. They say, oh, I'm going to spend some threat. And all of a sudden there's some more NPCs that you have to deal with or there's this explosion or something happens. And and so it's an opportunity to uh, to shape the 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 experience in the moment and and also keep it above board, I I think. there's a there's a conversation on on where like game masters say well i can do that anyway just by making it up right but but spending the threat having the threat means that that you're keeping yourself honest and the players kind of like know what's coming like they can see that pile of threat growing and they may not know what's going to happen but they feel they that, they that sen- sense of anticipation and dread building up like we're watching a tv show or watching the movie we know something's going to happen but we don't know what it is yet and at yes. some point, that game master is going to spend that threat and then, oh, we're going to be, you know, overwhelmed or whatever. But
0: uh, yes, that's just sort totally. kind of the game, the game element. And it's so fun. We'll talk more about that. How, yeah. as players, you're, in a sense, competing with the game master to get control of the story. And, and we'll talk about how that works. And finally, number 10.
1: Uh, finally, number 10. This is probably one of the most important things to me just in life in general. And that's that, is that the game really tries to help create a safe space in which to explore all this great stuff and that really gets at the at the diversity angle where um you know, you know no matter who you are what, what what race what religion what sexual orientation what gender identity you have whatever you know whether you have uh, uh i mean just anything what, what whoever you are wherever you are in your life you are welcome to star trek uh because everybody's welcome and um that is the kind of you know game space that we want to encourage people to create when you come into this game whether it's online with new people or you're you know doing face-to-face with friends whatever it is a safe environment in which to create
0: amazing stories and, and and great storytelling experiences right and i want to stress this point too when i think about when i'm writing for star trek all the issues that maybe we have right now existing in this society once you transport to that future, they've been resolved, you're accepted, they're not there anymore. You're, those kind of confrontations, I think about Cisco, um, who was uh, on Deep Space Nine, he was the commander of Deep Space Nine, he was African American. They didn't spend seven seasons talking about how he's a black commander, because in the future, that's so normal. Yeah. Everything's normal. So whatever character you're creating, you're bringing them into that future, it's normal and exactly <laughs> And it's accepted. If issues come up, it's usually the aliens that have the issues. And as exemplars, we as the Federation members are moving forward to assist them. And that's where the social conflict lies. And I say that because then as a game master and players, your job, if you're serving on a crew together, is to make every player feel safe because they are accepted as who they are. That is the point. Uh, Racism does not belong in Star Trek, in, in, in a Star Trek crew. If so, that ain't Star Trek. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So those were the top 10 about Star Trek Adventures. Um, So tell me, Jim. So, you know, I start playing Star Trek Adventures. I want to level up. I want to get more power soon. I want to rule my own (laughs) planet. Uh Is that that how it works? Like, where do I get the bigger gun and coin when I shoot people? What's what's up with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's a that's a great that's a great point. And we do have a we do have a uh, uh, an inset, but, you know, sidebar about that. And uh, I think that's one of the important things that uh, you know, especially new gamers coming into this game, uh, should should think about, right? Like, I mean, it's not something that you necessarily need to be aware of, but like conceptually, like a lot of games are based on the idea that your characters start off at a very modest level of ability, and in, in the process of adventuring, you gain experience points, you gain treasure, you gain loot, you gain you you gain new capabilities as you advance up the levels or whatever the equivalent is. And uh, you gradually earn more perks. You get more powerful. You're able to handle more bigger threats, right? And you get you're just growing capability. Or if you're unlucky, you die horribly at like the low level, and then you have this. You roll up a new character and you start over again. All that is awesome. I, I love playing those kinds of games. For Star Trek, it's a very different. Um, I hate to say paradigm, but it really kind of is. <laughs> I, I hate using the buzzwords, but like if you watch the show, like every single character is super competent from the get-go, even, like, Wesley Crusher, Ensign Harry Kim, uh, Neelix, like, some of these characters that are, like, at the beginning stages of their careers are still super competent, super capable people, and they're every bit as equivalent to the the long-term veterans like Picard or Kirk or whatever. Uh, They just have, you know, different perspectives or whatever. So Star Trek Adventures, like, when you create a character, unless you're using some of the new options in the player's guide uh, to create, like, children or, or cadets or something, by and large, every single character... Is going to be as capable as as another, right? So there's a very strong balance here between characters where you're starting off as super super competent, <clears throat> and um, you're not going to necessarily grow much in power level. You're going to just grow in experiences, right? So you can yeah. swap out talents, you can swap out um, points, you can swap out abilities, but you're not necessarily ever going to be striving for a, a more capable level because you're already super capable. You know, you're you're among the best of the best in your particular species out exploring the galaxy, whether you're part of the Federation or something else, um, and, and
0: so the, a lot of this is I want to give a comparison yeah. to real life too. Is I'll, I'll give a personal experience. So I I started in my career. I had an ad agency during the dot com. So I was heavy uh-huh. on marketing. So marketing would have been one of my focuses per se. But mm-hmm. over the years, I moved into real estate and organizational development um, right. in the past. And so my marketing focus, I didn't really need that anymore. So it goes away from my yeah. sheet in a sense. Yeah. And I picked yeah. up organizational development. I picked up gamification. Picked up writing. But then. Recently, I'm back into internal communications for my company. And what am I doing again? Marketing. So I call back <laughs> on my old skills and I brought back my marketing skills. Yeah, and, yeah. and so the game is like that too. It re- Remember the future, you have information accessible off data pads and computers. And if you need to get studied up on something really quick, it's there to do. And you've been taught through the Starfleet Academy how to learn, how to adapt to space. And so um, I like what, how you describe that, Jim. You're coming in as a professional and you have a lot of resources, and you kind of morph to the situation so that you can meet the needs at any yeah. given moment.
1: Yeah. And in fact, the, I, I love your example, by the way, and to and to turn that into a Star Trek equivalent example, um, like if you take uh, Captain Kirk, right? We know Captain Kirk from the very beginning of the original series to when he apparently dies in Star Trek, gener- Star Trek Generations. You know, spoiler warning, too late. <laughs> um, if you look at Captain Kirk over that 30-odd years of, of 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 in in franchise life, right? I I would make the argument that he didn't really change much mechanically. Like if you look at it from a game perspective, he didn't really change much mechanically from the first episode of the original series to the end of Generations. What he where he did change though was in his experiences and his values and his uh, focuses. Probably changed a lot over those forty something years or whatever. But like mechanically, he's not really any different, right? And I mean, like yeah. Harry Kim, he Harry Kim didn't change mechanically from Beginning to end Voyager, you know. Uh, so for the most part, like if you're coming into this game expecting to level up and get loot and stuff, uh, so, you know, by the way, you know, the Federation doesn't have money. So well, you could
0: you could play a Ferengi, but that'll be a whole other. That's, that's true. That's so true. there are, are there are species yeah. out there who are all about the cash. So that's that's true. true. That's true. All right. Well, Jim. I mean, we just went over the first chapter of the of both guides, the game master yeah. guide and the player's guide, um, and so. We uh, figured out the top ten about what is Star Trek, and also the top ten about what is Star Trek Adventures. I want to also encourage people who pick up the book. There's a section called "Where to Start," and it highlights the best of the best episodes um, that you could watch um, just to get a feel for for the genres. And then maybe maybe after you watch um, some of these, you're going to say, "Wow, that's my preferred genres. I want to play cinematic. I want to play episodic. I want to play cartoonish." You know, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, so that's a cool piece in there too. Um, and so, if there's any questions, Jim, where do they go if people have questions about this chapter or any other Star Trek adventure? Uh,
1: yeah any any questions you have, you can always e- you can always reach me directly at email. Uh, email is jim at modiphius.com. That's M-O-D-I-P-H-I-U-S.com. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'll make sure to show it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on twitter i'm on facebook i'm on discord i'm on uh the reddit subreddit for star trek adventures i am not hard to find on social media uh if nothing else go to the official forums and just post your question there i'll find you um fantastic
0: yeah all right and again this has been another great continuing conversation with you uh jim um we want to remind people that now there's both a uk and u.s store to purchase modifius products um and we want to give shouts out and thank yous you want to give the shout out and thank yous again jim
1: uh, yeah, just like the intro uh, episode we did, I want to thank everybody at uh, Hero Collector, Eagle Moss, IDW Comics, uh, Star Trek Timeline, Star Trek Online, and uh, most of Vicom uh, CBS, obviously. Bicom CBS has been a great partner with, for us for five years now. And uh, also, a huge, huge special thanks to all the fans. Uh, the fans are so supportive of this game and supportive of each other and new fans coming into the game. Uh, we could not possibly do this game without the fans and the, we're doing this game entirely for the fans, right because we're hyper we're super fans too. Like everybody working on this game was a super fan of Star Trek and we're doing it for you because we know what we want to see at our game tables and we know what you want. So it's all it's all you know we're all copacetic and meshed up here. Uh, so yeah, thanks to the fans okay. and thank you for giving me the opportunity to chat more about this game. Um, oh, so yeah. I'm, just, I'm really
0: excited to continue this uh, this series. All right. Star Trek Adventures. I-D-I-C-L-L-A-P. Figure it out.
1: (laughs) Okay. Be bold. Be brave. Talk to you later.